I've been hurt by men, and I could be angry with them, but I forgive. I forgive because the only way to change people or our world is to be loving, kindness, kindness always. Like the Dalai Lama said, "My religion is kindness." I love that. Do you know what I mean? Wives wicked. It makes such a golden brown pot. It must be lots of fun to be a mother. I've got something to apologize for. I wore my good suit because it was plain and neat. Afraid of not knowing what is proper. This yellow fluffo is such a short shortening. Hello, I'm Susan Osman, and this is Been There, Done That, a show about women who are shaping our world. They're not just striving, but thriving experienced smart women who are redefining what it means to be a woman in the workplace. You know I can't work without a good breakfast. All right, Claire, stop typing, please. All right, Claire, stop typing, please. Right, this week, I talked to one of these women, Lydia Corbett. She's a French artist who's been working with watercolour and oils for over 40 years, exhibiting in London, Europe and Japan. Her painting style is highly recognisable and she has been compared with Marc Chagall. She's also a ceramicist and now in her late 80s is still going strong. She was the inspiration of Pablo Picasso's series of paintings that became known as the Ponytail series. And she joins me now. Hi, Lydia. Hi. So, Lydia, you were, you were brought up in France. What was your childhood like? My childhood was in uh, the south of France on the island of the Ile du Levant. And I was brought up with my mother, who was English, and ran away from civilization in some ways. She wanted us to be brought up freely in nature and healthy cure. It was a naturist island where people eat good food, get brown, swim, eat fish, and sunbathe in the nude. Do you think your childhood, which was free and easy, impacted on you as an artist as you were growing up? Well, the thing is, it was just before the war. Uh, I was born in '34, so the war came along on the island, and Mummy had a man who she loved called Lasalle, Marcel Lasalle. I loved him like a father. Makes me cry now. I, it wasn't my father, but I loved him. And he took my little brother and I for a walk along the island to a place. I was about five, my brother three. And we walked to that old penitentiary in the oleanders flower blooming. And we went into an old chapel in ruin. There was only beaten earth and a rail in front of the altar. It was like uh, just a very deep down chapel. And he stood there looking up, and I looked up at him and saw his face shining like a halo all around his head. That was my first experience of God uh, as a little girl. I saw the light. I, that man left us because he was, he had to go to do work in Germany 
forced labor, I think, and um, he died there. So I never saw him again. And my mother left the island in the war, 1942. We went up to this uh, old the mountains place called Yulofi, and there there was a school for children from all over France who came, and the headmistress was a communist at the time. She loved children, and they were all women who ran the school, and I was happy there. You know, we came and had this lovely school in the mountain, in the wall. So we never saw the wall, really. We only saw the American come down the village on tanks uh, to celebrate the peace of the world, you know, the end of the war. Now, you were you were merely a teenager when you met Picasso. You were 19 and he was 73 at the time. Tell us, how did destiny bring you both together? Uh, my boyfriend, Toby, was English, came back from Summer Hill with me, and we had no job, nothing. My mother looked after us. We lived in her house. And we, uh, Toby had a workshop where he made metalwork, sculptures and chairs. And um, one day... I used to walk there every day, and Picasso had a studio above the hill, and he could see us sitting on a terrace of where they dry the pots. Amazing place. We sat there smoking, drinking coffee, (laughs) and Picasso came over his wall across the road and showed a picture of a girl with a ponytail. So we knew it was me because... I had a really very high ponytail, which nobody has at the time. Very, very high. From the pictures I've seen of you, you look very much like uh, uh, Bridget Bardot, or rather, she looked like you. So he thought he 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 painted the picture of you from memory, presumably, as you walked by with your long ponytail. Yeah, I was very natural girl, na- naive, innocent, not at all sexy. I ran away from sex. I didn't like that. But I had a boyfriend, but I can't remember what we did, really. (laughs) That's a funny thing. We loved each other like a brother and sisters. So uh, Picasso appears holding this picture of you. We all run to his garden wall. He opened the door. And we all rushed in the lawn, green grass, wild green grass. And he said, I want to paint Sylvette. And he knew my name. So I said, oh, well, me? Why me? I thought I wasn't very pretty at all. And he th- there was a friend of mine who was very beautiful, sexy, you know, like I wasn't. And he said, no, no, I want you. I want Sylvette. I think you sat for him for three months, and in that time, it's probably one of his most concentrated periods of being inspired by one of his muses. I think he did over fifty pieces of artwork based on around you. What was what was it like being with Picasso for three months? I just sat in a rocking chair 
smoking. He put cigarette for me on the table uh, and looking out of the window, and he didn't speak at all. He would, it was like contemplation in a way. You just sat or meditation. It was peaceful, no noise, just him and I in another place, another world, really. I read somewhere that Picasso really had a thing about hair. Do you think because of your lovely long blonde hair and the fact that you sat in silence that he saw something mystical in you? Yes, he could see a mystery in me. Like if he looked, or like he looked after me as a father, as I had missed my father all my life, as he divorced. My mum divorced him in the war. I never saw him. So Picasso was like a father. And it's strange that he had trouble with his children all being upset. You came into Picasso's life crucial moment when he his marriage to his first wife, Francois Gillot, was splitting up and he was just about to embark on a relationship with Jacqueline Rock. Do you think because of what had happened to you and he was in a little bit of emotional uh, turmoil, that you were like two kindred spirits that came into one another's lives That's it. and then went away again. I think so. It was a healing force together, the healing yeah. and the love, you know, and he forgot about his problem. When you do, as an artist, I know, when you go into your room to paint or to do pots or draw, you become in one with the universe, to forget everything, the mind stop working, and you are in a blissful state. That's what we did with each other, the bliss of love. After you left working with Picasso, you were just 19. And then you, you it was many, many years later that you became a full-time artist when you were 45. What happened to you in those 25 years? Was it because there was an expectation on you as a woman to have a husband and children? Were you discouraged from pursuing your creative path? What happened to you in those ensuing years? Well, you know, I never studied. So... I had no ambition. <laughs> I just followed Toby. Uh, Toby was like my uh, friend, you know, I hang on to him. I was afraid of life. I was afraid and I I got married to Toby when he had, um, they found out that he had TB. So we had to go to England and I married him before we went, even though I wasn't sure about marriage at all. Was that the boyfriend you had in front? Yeah. yeah. Do you think, Lydia, that women at that time were very much, I don't say properties of men, but women were encouraged to follow the man and not follow their own path? No, because I think women need to make children. Uh, it makes you develop your way of being. You practice on your life. And with your children, you're trying to do your best, you know, look after them 
uh, I was painting in my heart all my life. And so when they go away, went to school, I started being busy. I loved my children and my cats. I had few cats. I loved them. I had experience with my cats. Oh, my God. Your ceramics have, uh, have a lot of cats in them. Is that, is that, have they been your inspiration? In South Brand, where I lived, South Brand near Dartmoor, uh, I lived near the church and St. Petro Church, which I loved. I used to go in there when I was miserable and pray. And one day, one of my cats followed me to the church, and she was worried. And then, and no, the cats are really quite amazing people. <laughs> well, what's been your biggest challenge in your life, Lydia, would you say? Well, I had to wake up to life. I was shut in, very frightened of everything, fear all around, until my husband fell in love with my best friend. And that was such a shock that I couldn't believe that suddenly no more husband, no more home, what will I do? I had a crucifix on the wall, which we bought, my husband and I, Toby. We bought this crucifix, which was all woodwork written, with blood running down the face. And I just cried and cried at the bottom of it, thinking, what's going on? Something's happening. I must open the Bible. So I did. I opened the Bible, which I never read, and I was never baptized until I was 35 later. And the Bible fell on the page, Blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I was comforted. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I saw God. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. You know, the whole Beatitudes came out. <gasps> so, Lydia, let, 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 for those people who don't know about Subud, which is spelled S-U-B-U-D, Subud, Tell us a little bit about it, because I know it's a form of spiritual practice, and I know that it's something that you that you really have have drawn great comfort and joy from over the years. Yes, well, I went to I became Subud member because my brother was in it, and his wife, and all my friends, you know. And I said, well, I could do it too. And actually, Subud is um, uh, it's the base of all religion, really. It's just God to surrender to Almighty God with sincerity and uh, yeah, and trust. That's all you need. And what happens when you surrender? Do you have music playing? Is someone talking? What you get happens? up. Uh, you were sitting before starting. There are helpers who open you in Subud, those who are a bit wiser than us, you know, like a back practitioner or a vicar, but you don't need anybody. You just stand up and then you might sing, cry, dance, lie down, do all sorts of things, which is amazing. You never know what you're going to do. I notice now in my old age that it has brought me nearer to to myself, to the inner, 
and to my soul and to people. I love people and I forgive everybody and I give my love to the whole world. Lydia, you're 87 and you're still working. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask you a little bit about your work. How do you divide your time between your ceramics and your painting? And do you think there will come a time when you'll stop working? Uh, not, not really, because my daughter Alice is a putter and she lives in London. So when I can, I come up here and we do amazing big pots. Ooh. And I scratch and paint on and she fires it and she builds it. She's amazing. So together we are very united in the silence of a studio. It's like another world. All my daughters are amazing and my son too. My son is a, an artist and he loves his children. He's got little children, so he's very good dad. So we all look together and Isabel is a wood carver and a stone carver. And so we are doing things together also. I'm very happy old lady who have lovely children. <laughs> I'm grateful for my children. Well, I wanted to talk about your mother, and I know you didn't have too much to do with your father, but do you feel the fact that your your father had a gallery in the Champs-Élysées, your mother was an artist, that your mother, your grandfather on your mother's side was a vicar, do you think that also trickled down and influenced your very, very strong spiritual theme that goes throughout your work? My grandfather's wife, Gigi, we called her Gigi, my granny, English grandma. I loved her and she had, she loved Jesus. And one day when I was about 16, mommy said to her mother, Oh, mom, why you were in love with Jesus? And I thought, well, what's wrong with being in love with Jesus? <laughs> mommy was, I didn't like the bleeding heart of Jesus and all that. But I said, what's wrong? You can love Jesus. Hmm? And now I see how people can love Jesus because we, we are not possessive about Jesus. We, we give him to everybody. Well, another man you loved, of course, was Picasso. And after your three months of sitting with him, did you ever see him again? I did see him when Isabel was two or three. I visited him. And, uh, and Jacqueline was there. They were sweet. They opened the door and we came in and, and, he, and Isabel made him turn around and run on a chair he had. But he was very deaf then. And so he didn't hear me very well, but it was lovely to see him. He was very old already. How old was he then when you met him? Mm, maybe 90 something. I loved him always. When he died, when Picasso died, it's quite interesting that people became interested in me after that. Before that, no, nothing. But so I lived my life without Picasso, you know what I mean? And it came later when he died in the 70s. I had Alice and Lawrence, my children, Isabel. He died and I, I really was sorry when he died, but 
doors open for me because the spirit goes on with me always everywhere I go he's there like my mom and dad said that that before Picasso died, nobody really kind of knew about your work or paid much attention to you, which is quite an interesting yeah. juxtaposition. But when he died, then people sought you out. And I want to ask you more generally, what do you think about male artists attracting more recognition than female ones, especially um, the price that some of their works fetch? George O'Keefe one of her paintings sold for 48 million compared with, say, Leonardo da Vinci, the Salvatore Mundi, which went for 10 times for 450 million. Now, in art, probably like most areas of work, there's a huge gender pay gap. What, what do you think about that? Uh, yes, I find that difficult too, because I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I love women. As you know, I paint women more than men. I've been hurt by men, and I could be angry with them, but I forgive, I forgive, because the only way to change people or our world is to be loving kindness, kindness always. Like the Dalai Lama said, my religion is kindness. I love that. Do you know what I mean? Do do you think over the years uh, we've become more secular as human beings, especially with climate change? We've forgotten how to love the planet. The lockdown has made a big change for people. They love nature nowadays, I think, much more. The lockdown is, in a way, a blessing in disguise. It's not that bad. It will make the world get better, I feel. It's like God knows what's happening, and we don't need to worry. What role do you think women need to play in this? Women are wonderful. Uh, they, they have been put down for years, so now they're coming to their height. <laughs> and mothers, of course, are, are special mothers. Look at Mother of God, Jesus, Mother Mary. Um, you know, you... You become one with the old families and children. Boys and girls are born of women. So they, that's amazing, really, isn't it? That we carry men and women in our bodies. The seed of life, uh, <laughs> it's a wonder. I think we are a wonder. Aside from your own mother, Lydia, who... Which women were role models? And we've talked obviously extensively about Picasso because he clearly had a huge part in your in your life. But in terms of women, what other women have inspired you? Oh well, my uh, mother of God, of course, Mary. I love Mary, but I love my grandmother, my mother, my um, my. Um, 
sister-in-law, and all my grandchildren and granddaughters. <laughs> I love all the the family, the women. Yeah, I had a, a, an old lady. I loved oh, two old lady, one in France, which uh, I, I said to her, teach me the the rosary. Yeah, the rosary. She would teach me the rosary, and uh, other women like that taught me lots of things. Lydia, I have a real sense of talking to you, and it's been absolutely delightful uh, sharing things with you, but I have a real sense that your love of God and your love of nature and your love of mankind and your spirituality really comes through in your art. If you were to choose one of your paintings, you you could just choose one because I know you've done a lot of work. If you could choose one of your paintings, which one would you leave behind as your spiritual legacy? Well, I painted a lovely one the other day. I love babies. And I painted the the mother sitting very tired, having had the baby, and it's flopping on her laps like a Buddha with a baby on her lap. And her hands are up. It's a beautiful painting. And suddenly I put rectangle over it because I didn't like the the top of the picture. <laughs> so it just comes like rain. The rain and the baby's called Rain. W R E N. You've been telling me that older people inspired you when you were a young girl growing up. And there are going to be many younger people listening to this. What would you say to them to inspire them to keep going and believe in themselves? Well, they have to follow their nose and and uh, love people, listen to the old because they are wise. They might look old and ugly, but they have a soul which vibrates in their heart. And they're young, still young inside. I feel like when I was a little girl, never left me. I cry easily and I laugh also. I love people. <laughs> I could cry now. I love young people, and I know they suffer hard at hard time. But the way is to share and not to be to shut in, let go, let go all the time. Be free. You know what I mean? But it's been absolutely delightful talking to you, Lydia. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love talking. I didn't know I would say all these things. <laughs> when you let go of the fear and of the mind, it's a mind who gives you fear. When you let go, it just comes out from the inner. It's been a great pleasure, and I can definitely say that you've certainly been there, done that. Thank you so much for Thank talking Thank you for me. me. I love you very much. Thank you for listening to Been There, Done That with me, Susan Osman. Visit us on btdtshow.com for more interviews with dynamic women. And I'd love to hear from you as well. So please leave us a review and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. These are words of respect. How can you tell 
when you're really in love. And look how flaky it is. The girls weigh each portion of food they select. The Been There, Done That show is brought to you by Dan Hall at Pup Media Consultancy. We can still have a lot of fun, can't we? Your manners are showing. I'm a princess. Mabel loves cooking and does it well. Overweight makes an individual undesirable. Lovely stockings. And you think that's all that matters?